Something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Founding Pothers. I'm Mr. Leesman. Not Mr. King. And today's ad is brought to you by the U.S. government. Are you a multi-billion dollar financial powerhouse that invests money for the rich and powerful? Are you a billion dollar car company? We have your back. Are you a mom and pop shop that's the backbone of your local community? Oh, too bad. Be more successful next time. Are you a middle class worker trying to achieve the American dream? Hey, get another job. Hell, get three jobs. That's it. Three jobs. That's those are rookie numbers. Yeah, come on. You gotta, you gotta pull in more. Yeah, come on. Um, all right, guys. So today we're going to be talking about a super confusing topic, um, and it's the Great Recession. Yeah, we'll try and water it down for you the best as possible. Um, but it's an interesting topic, uh, especially if you're someone around our age. Uh, we lived in the heat of it as uh, teenagers. Yeah. Um, I mean, we watched our parents struggle too, and our grandparents. But my, uh, yeah, my dad got laid off during it. Yeah, mine too. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so did everyone's dad. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And I, I even still think that it's like a tough topic for us to fully like get the grasp of. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just adulting now, right? So like now right. we're kind of going back and reading about it and like trying to figure it out. And plus we're like, yeah. you know, we, we teach economics and stuff. So it's, it's a little easier yeah. for us, I guess. To, not that we're professional economists, but yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, we we're able to, I guess, digest the academic setting of it. But, yeah. you know, as as a teenager, it was just like, we, oh, man, this sucks. Yeah, right. We had Let's like a PlayStation. We had what we thought were more important things to think about. Yeah. Not like the the gro- the grand scope of like the world economy and the financial industry of like the United States. Like that was like the last thing I know. Yeah. I about. Yeah. It's like the classic thing where it's like, oh, but- why am I going to need to know that from when I'm older? And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember like senior year, it's like AP, like gov and like, and then later like two weeks at economics and we're just kind of like living through all of this. And it's just like, Oh God, why do I got to read about this? And it's like, Oh, I wish I did. Yeah. I wish well, I didn't do the bare minimum that year. Well, now we have to, right? Oh, so. well, yeah. Making up. Anyway. I guess the first thing we can start off with is uh, talking about what a recession is in the first place, right? Yeah. So I got this definition from Investopedia, great website. I know Reliable you use source. it. I know oh, you yeah. use it in your oh, economics yeah. class. I use it a lot in my economics class. It is a yeah. fantastic website, especially for high school level uh, stuff. But the definition reads: a recession is a macroeconomic term that refers to a significant decline in general economic activity in a designated region. So, for example, in the United States. Yeah, uh, it had been typically recognized as two consecutive quarters of economic de- uh, decline, as reflected by GDP in conjunction with monthly indicators such as a rise in unemployment. So basically, <laughs> what you're saying is it, it gets it gets complicated. But basically, we're making no money and unemployment is going up. So it's yeah. like uh, so, and yeah, your economy can go like one of like two or three ways. It can either go up, it can go nowhere, or it can go down. Right. Uh, you know. Under, or or, I mean, or it could wiggle a little bit, you know. Like it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, then it can go into the nth dimension, but uh, yeah. that's another episode. Uh, that's no, not, but, yeah, I think that's for the economics podcast. Yeah. So essentially, what happened is, you know, for the '90s and the mid 2000s. So essentially, actually going into President Bush's ter- first term, he had a mini recession, and then like, you know, 
9-11 hit and then wham bam there's like economic like america it's a classic (laughs) wartime like build your economy exactly yeah by Um, american to support american you know like so and and you had like that and the the one area that probably had the greatest amount of boom and it's going to be like and understand this is going to be 90 percent of like what we talk about today and it's the housing market that's right yeah and that that was like that was like the the end-all be-all for like why we're here yeah, and uh, spoiler alert: the the major thing that collapses the economy is the housing market, mortgages, oh, and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. But we'll we'll get into it as best as we possibly can. Yeah. Uh, so again, we're not financial advisors or anything like that. But we're two social studies teachers trying to explain the complex economic um, phenomenon. If yeah. You will. So if you're like Warren Buffett, obviously listening to this podcast, and you're just like, "Well, that's not actually a hundred percent correct," just hey. Get out of here. God, please. <laughs> like yeah. right. No. Also, thank you for thank you. Make sure you hit that uh, bell, like, uh, subscribe. Yeah. The likes next. Also, if you guys are just passing listening to this, hit that like and subscribe, please. Yeah. Um, Which I don't yeah, yeah. I mean the obviously start on Spotify. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> like, yeah, no. But um, so how did we get to a recession? How did we get here? The economy. Yeah, so what are the causes? Well. Right? Yeah. And here's where we're gonna kind of start. We might probably lose a couple of people on this one. And it's yeah, called but... subprime mortgages. Uh... So, yeah. So, first off, like, w- I, Mr. King and I both, we just, you know, within the past couple of years, both bought houses. So, we freshly know what it's like. Yeah. And let me tell you, the, 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 buying a house. the acquisition of a mortgage is just cherries on ice cream. Right? It, is, yeah. it is insane. It's it's so annoying because like it feels I was actually just talking to someone about this, but it's like you'll get cleared, you think you're in the good, and then like you'll wake up the next morning to an email and it's like ah, Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> just I kidding. Had, yeah. I had several of those and I, I think I might have had like maybe the benefit that the guy helping me get my mortgage was my neighbor because I was going through like my local bank. And yeah. like it just helped. So like one o'clock in the morning like, you could be like well, Hi. yeah. Well, so what happened was there was one email I got that it was like, Hey, there's a problem with this account. Like you need to go clear this up. And I was like, but I did. And I was like starting to get, I guess, like, I guess I was exerting a tone in my emails because I just mm-hmm. got a, I, I just got a text from my neighbor just saying, Hey, I'm going to need you to calm down. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. I love getting those. E- well, yeah. I mean, we're both pretty monotonous. I don't know yeah. if that's a real term, but like we we're, we're pretty like straight shooter kind of guys so like but i have that same tone all the time so like i've gotten conversations before where it's like hey you need to tone it down a little bit and i'm like right tone it down i'm literally on one like yeah right you have no idea yeah right. no like i was just getting slightly annoyed and i like i haven't even i haven't even like registered any level of anger yet like this is yeah. nothing yeah I, well i guess we, quite the chip on our shoulders sometimes i suppose whatever anyway yeah. but the, what we're trying to get is the, acquiring a mortgage is not just like hey i want to buy a house and the bank's like hey here's 400 grand you know like that's not, not anymore how, at least because yeah well that yeah back then <laughs> actually back in right. the 2000s that's exactly that's how actually that's actually the problem yeah you're yeah right. it's like, like what do you what do you do oh uh, i actually brush off seashells at the beach i make about four dollars <laughs> an hour and i only work one hour yeah. a day exactly and then oh okay well what does your husband do oh well i also work on the beach but i actually pick up individual grains of sand and i make three dollars <laughs> an hour and i only work two hours and then the bank is like 
here's seven hundred thousand dollars. Seven hundred thousand. How about one point five million? Let's exactly. go big. Right. You live on the hills in California. Let's go. You might live in Idaho. But we're moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Idaho is the new California. By the way, there's no beaches in Idaho, so no, I don't know. I, I mean, well, I mean, I don't. I don't well, you, maybe they have some lakes. Yeah, they have lake front, beds. lakefront, riverfront properties, I'm sure. Yeah, puddles at least. Yeah, watersheds. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. But so anyway. They do like a financial checkup on you now, and it is like, you know, I it, it's like they're sticking their hand down your throat and feeling around your organs. Like it's Yeah, and you know what? And it's all because of the buttheads that caused these issues in the first exactly. place. Because exactly. like we just said, it was actually relatively easy to get a mortgage. Oh, yeah. And we're not lying when people said like, you know, you go to the bank and you're like, oh, my house is like the house I want to buy is like $400,000 a year. And they're like, all right, let's see what we can get you approved for. And they're like, $400,000? we are going to give you six. And you're like, I can't afford that. And they're like, no problem. Yeah, and they're like, eh, I don't What's the worst that could happen? By the way, that's the whole episode. The worst, the worst <laughs> that always happens when someone says that. You know how many I times actually make I've the point. That? Yeah, I make a point to say that when things are going bad, just so I could be like, "Buckle in, everyone," because it's. If you thought it was gonna be bad, when I'm being like hella petty and I just want to make things worse for everyone, I was like, "What's the worst that could happen?" Yeah, yeah like the amount of times, right? I've said that and. Miss Lawless has looked at me like, are you serious right now? Yeah, how many times were we walking up to the LAR just being like, hmm, I wonder what's in it? Like, when we've just seen something, like that time the man was smoking meth on our train, and like, I think one of us looked at each other and went, huh, I wonder what's the next thing we're going to see? And I just know her and Miss Valenti were just like glaring into the sides of our heads. Yeah, and like about 0.5 milliseconds afterwards, the Long Island Railroad makes an announcement, attention passengers, and you're like, ah, there it is. is. Finger guns, like. Yeah, Yeah. backwards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that was that's always the case. But basically, uh, this is what happens in 2008, right? Like, what's the worst that could happen? Literally, the worst could happen. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's like to kind of like our quick little backstory. So like, Mr. King and I both we each got our own mortgage, um, and so think about it. Like, your typical mortgage is about 30 years. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's anywhere between day. 20 to 30 years. They usually suggest you go for the 30 year yeah. because more interest tax on, they get more money, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then, so do you think the bank wants to keep their money locked up for that long? Oh, are you asking me if they don't want their money back? No, they definitely want their money back. Exactly, but they don't want it locked up for 30 years. Oh, no, absolutely not. No, so what they do is they package all of the mortgages up and they create this one big like fund, I guess. It's called a mortgage-backed <laughs> security. Yeah. It's basically like a hundred to a thousand mortgages in like this Uber Ultra Mega like investment. It's basically a box of screaming things. Yeah. And they're like, anyway, who wants this? And people are just lining up. Wasn't oh, there something like I, oh my god, Miss Lawless is gonna kill me. Wasn't there something in Harry Potter where like you opened it up and it just screams? Or no, it was oh, the, the Mandrakes. Yeah, I was just about to say I actually yeah. called my son a Mandrake the other day because I picked him up <laughs> yeah. and he went, "Man, it was like, yeah, what? yeah, be fat Mandrake." Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what a mortgage-backed security is. You just like pull it out of the ground and it screams until you put it back. You just put it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's like and, a hot potato, you know? Like exactly. people. Well, the, what is, I guess because we're saying like, I guess the thing that, that might get confusing here right, is like. Why would a bank, like you said, a, a bank doesn't want to hold on to all these loans because exactly. loans, they're, they're basically dead weight. Mm-hmm. They don't want to wait 30 years for their money to come back to them. So exactly. what they do is they package these loans up 
and then they try to sell it to someone. Yeah, and a lot of times it's bigger investment banks yeah. or like a retirement fund. So like right. cops retirement fund, teachers retirement fund, like local like the like a union's electric. Uh, a, I like mean health insurance, fund, health yeah. insurance companies. Like it because at the end of the day, a mortgage backed security, if it's like as long as everybody pays, it's a super reliable stream of sure. constant money coming in every yeah. single. Day. Absolutely, and you're guaranteed your profit. Yep, absolutely. But, and so just, each, yeah, yeah, no, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, you know, and as a bank, they don't want to hold on to these things because they need money instantly to give yeah. out more loans. Exactly. So in order to secure that money, they need to sell, this might sound silly, but they need to sell loans to other people that can handle the, the long-term investment yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like your local like Bank of America is not, is going to take all their mortgages and they're going to box them up and they're going to sell them to like a Goldman Sachs who yeah. is just going to collect that stream and sit there like on their fat stack of cash with a cigar going, ain't it a peach? Like it's yeah. just, they're just going to sit there. And, and again, every, yeah, this is supposed to be super reliable, right? Cause if you oh, sign yeah. up to pay for something, you chances are you're going to pay for it unless exactly something bad happens. <laughs> yeah. And well, <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? happen? So yeah, when when you have a like all of these these mortgages are given health ratings, so and that's basically whether or not you're going to pay it back. So right. if you are like somebody who's hella untrustworthy but still trustworthy enough to like get a mortgage, you're given what's called a subprime mortgage because it's you're below that trustworthy level, um, and it's just basically a more subprime mortgage. Subprime mortgage is given to somebody with a low credit rating yeah, and not like, subprime. Mortgages. That, that's no. a different topic. That is, <laughs> we'll get to that. Subprime mortgages. Those are out of Utah. Um, yeah, right. So yes. um, the subprime mortgages are essentially they're given out, and statistically, they're less than likely to pay it in full. Right. But for some reason, pe- they're like, just slapping oh, them out. Oh my god! Yeah, companies. Hot Yeah, companies are eating them up, and these big investment firms are buying them. By right. the hundreds of a no. Mick Riddle, a Mick Riddle on a Saturday morning. Oh like, man, all over the place. Yeah, just just gotta chill. Yeah, and like you said, this is where it's gonna get tough, right? So yeah. things Thin- do start to get sour for the economy. Oh yeah, when uh, not a guy, but an institution, Freddie Mac. Freddie Mac, sorry, I screwed that up. But they're federally backed mortgage company. Yeah, they stopped buying like the government. Up the sub- yeah. yeah, they they stopped buying up these subprime mortgages, and the banks freaked out. They just, yeah, because <laughs> again, the banks are just giving out these loans, but they don't have any intentions on holding on to them. Oh no! Like so, I'm gonna, I, I'm going to tell you straight away, Mr. King. Like literally, like I said, my neighbor was the one that helped me. Like he told me straight away. He's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, no, like Freddie Mac is going to be buying up your mortgage." And yep. Like a month after I moved into the house, like a letter came in the mail and they're like, congrats, your mortgage has been sold. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, I didn't sign off on that. Yeah, but like, right. okay, you don't, you don't have a say. Exactly. Right? But like you said, the banks started freaking out because like we said, the banks don't want to hold on to these crappy mortgages. They want someone they else need to, to take free them. up their capital. They need to free right. up that, that so they have money to spend on other things. Not right. I mean, car loans, home loans, um, you know, just interest to pay out to bank right. accounts. Like they need that cash to like keep the doors open. Right. And one of the largest purchasers of these subprime mortgages just at one point says, no, no. we're actually I, done. I've bought too many. <laughs> like, yeah. 
we're good. So some of the smaller banks actually wound up falling, filing for bankruptcy because they just started running out of money. Like they, like the the news, I guess, didn't come in quick enough that people were still sell, selling these crappy mortgages and they were just like nowhere to be sent. Right. Nobody was buying them. But I guess the question is like, why were so many of these mortgages being given out? That is a great question, Mr. King. And it's because that housing market we were talking about was so great. I mean, you had contractors, you had these companies that were building houses by the buttload. Yeah. I mean, this is when all of those like HGTV, like we're going to build you and buy you a house kind of thing started off like blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. Because people were buying all these brand new houses or they were renovating their houses. They were selling their houses and they were like getting bigger ones because they were growing their family. And then literally like they were getting houses that they couldn't afford. Like we joked and we kind of said before, like, Oh, like I'm going to get a $400,000 house. And that mortgage just turns into like, not even like 700,000, maybe a little bit less, but like 500,000, 600,000 thousand and people are getting cleared for mortgages they could not afford right it's yeah it's rough yeah right so but now that many banks weren't selling mortgages houses prices housing house prices started to drop sorry i I can't talk it's fine no i was having problems too essentially it's a it comes back to your idea of supply and demand like right so there's there's houses right and there's no demand of buyers exactly right yeah so So, uh, what's going to happen to the price of the homes Oh, they are going to plummet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, for example, so, like if my house is $400,000 or fi- like, yeah, $400,000, if the market crashes and nobody's buying houses, all of a sudden, like, wham, bam, my house is now worth 300000 But here's here's the thing, though, right? Like, you still have a loan for $400,000. <laughs> exactly. So even yeah. if you sold your house at what it was exactly worth, at three hundred thousand dollars, that mm-hmm. means you still have to come up with another hundred thousand. Yeah, you are still in the hole. Like that's hey, a problem. Hey, we're teachers, <laughs> <laughs> right? I would need to work two full years and not spend a dime, a penny, or or you would not be able to pay taxes. Like that's, right, like, that's true. Yeah, it'd <laughs> have know? to be closer to four years. Yeah, in order to make that up. So obviously, so basically, what we're trying to say is that's impossible. Right? Exactly. So, so that would have that ripple effect where it's just like that little pebble, like, and that's a big old pebble though. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like a full on boulder, like yeah. hits the lake and it has that ripple effect to the entire economy because people stop spending money because they're, uh, you know, nobody's buying houses. So that like, that means like one sector of the economy can't spend money anymore. You know, right. like those contractors that were building those houses are now can't spend money because all their ho- money is tied up in these houses that no one's buying. So they and no you plan. can actually you can actually do a quick little check of this to sh- like to see that we're right. So like if you're, I mean, you could you don't even need to be in the market for buying a house, but if you were to download one of these apps that like helps you purchase real estate, you can look at the the sale history, right? So like you yeah. might see the house, like one particular house that sold in two thousand four for uh, six hundred thousand dollars, but then in two thousand ten it sold for four hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. Well, there you go. That's the problem. They they lost out on two hundred thousand dollars worth of money. Yeah, that is a lot of moolah, baby. Oh like yeah. That's... So like a great example of this is that like my where my mom lives, her neighbor, they sold the house in the mid two thousands. Uh, you know, like right before, right as the the stuff started hitting the fan, and. Oh, they bought the house. I mean, her neighborhood, the houses were like four or $500,000. 
easy, like five, maybe 600,000. So they like went and like bought the house and it was two brothers. And now one of them moved out and they were going to sell, but like the, the bottom fell out and the house is worth like 300,000 now. Like, yeah, it's tough. Insane and, what happened. and a lot of people had like put their investment money, their capital into these homes and they lost a lot of their, well, anyway, Some people that, that was all their money. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot worse things to come in this conversation, but oh man! So not only is the housing market starting to collapse, but people, like you said, people are stopping, like buying. They they stop buying things, and companies yeah. lose out on sales. And when companies lose out on sales, they cut their employees. They they yeah. lay people off. And when they stop, then when they, it says people can't spend money because they don't have a job because no one's hiring, and then they can't pay their bills because they don't have a job, and people default on their mortgages. Right, and it just becomes what like when people stop buying like uh, flashy amenities, it turns mm-hmm. into like now they can't afford like real required items like right. their mortgage. And Mr. King, what happens if you stopped paying the mortgage on your house? Oh, um, the bank repossesses it. Oh yeah, no, that's what I thought. So they take it back. That's because, essentially again, what happens. The, you don't own that. If you took out a thirty-year mortgage, you don't own your house for thirty years. Yeah, it doesn't like matter you, if you took out a loan. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you took out a loan for three hundred thousand dollars and you paid two hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars worth of your your mortgage. Right. The bank still owns your house because you owe that one dollar. Yeah. So it's you have to pay off the loan that they that they gave you, and until then they own your house. And if you don't pay that loan, well, they're going to come for something that is equitably the same amount as that loan, which just so happens to be the <laughs> house. Yeah, yeah, it's usually like as collateral. Like it's like, hey, you stop paying. It's the same thing with a car. You stop paying your car loan, and they take the car. Like they're going to take that valuable property in exchange right. for it. And that's essentially what happens. Out of this comes like this term called like the zombie house because I, I, and this is stuff I actually remember happening. These houses are now going empty. Like they're just sitting there and because yeah. the bank took it and kicked the people out. Nobody's in the house. And now and it's what just happens sitting. to the, what happens to the value of the house the longer it sits on the market? Oh, it goes so far down. Oh yeah, so like not only are these houses originally their price have dropped, but the longer they sit on the market, the more that they, that that house will drop. Because right. what the, the what the economy is saying is no one wants to buy this house at this price. So what should the price do? Drop to exactly. accommodate yeah. the people that need to buy it. So yeah. it continues to do that. It's and created a perpetual issue. Yeah, and on top of that, these houses are sitting empty, which means nobody's maintaining them. Which means these houses are falling into disrepair. Um, yeah. And I remember it got to one point and. People, because people are scouting them out, um, you know, pe- people started selling things like selling stuff to like help make ends meet. And my favorite was people were selling metal. Like if you had scrap metal, you would scrap go metal. and sell it. And I specifically remember this happening in a couple instances. Those zombie houses, people would go in and break into the them. house, got them t- like all the plumbing and just take all the pipes and, <laughs> and they would just go and sell the scrap metal. So and what Mr. Leesman means house. by I remember this happening, it means that he actually did this, I think. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Relax. I would pay for college. I'm like kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but no, like I remember hearing that in like the news that people are like breaking into these houses and yeah. like, like parting the, <laughs> parting the house out. Yeah. It's, like, it's nuts. And this happened like, a lot in California. We're laughing, but this is like a real thing because it's like we're laugh. I'm laughing because it's so freaking absurd. Yeah, like and people were just trying to make ends meet. Yeah, it was yeah. nuts. 
Like, imagine thinking just me, like, that house has some copper in it. Copper's yeah. going for, like, a dollar a pound. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, like, people are literally, yeah, it's nuts. But just yeah. to make it even worse, the stock market tumbles, which oh is always a, a big dagger in the old back, right? So the Dow yeah. Jones goes from actually 10,000 points to 6,500 points in a year and a half. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Those are big numbers. And right, so, and that, what that tells people is that they shouldn't, like – invest they shouldn't invest so again more less money is being invested which means okay. people are making less money which means people are being laid off and then it just starts it what it's, it started yeah. from like it was just the housing market goes into banking and finance a and couple a couple people stop paying their mortgages and, and like you you can't pay, pay your bills now so right. like just a real uh, quick snapshot into what the dow jones is is that it is called the dow jones industrial average basically it's a series of companies that hit all different sectors of the stock market we're talking like banking fine uh, financial technology um like medical biomed like like car companies um chemical companies like all these different areas of the basically almost every sector they pick one or two companies of like the top companies and it basically is that quote-unquote snapshot for how the whole market as a whole is doing so if you see the so these are supposed to be like the this is supposed to be like your a plus rating like or triple a i guess rated you know business and this is supposed to be the cream of the crop of that industry so and it's 30 companies and you've got companies it's like i'm just going to read a handful out 3m american express apple boeing caterpillar chevron cisco coca-cola disney dow chemical exxon mobile goldman sachs home depot ibm intel johnson johnson jp morgan chase mcdonald's microsoft nike pfizer procter and gamble travelers insurance company united technologies united health verizon visa walmart walgreens yeah, so these are very powerful companies, right? So oh, yeah. if those start to do bad, that tells you that the entire industry yeah. is doing So if those companies are losing money and the stock market's going down, that means those companies as a whole are worth less. Yes. So it's Which is like, no bueno. Yeah, so that's going to ripple through the stock market. And, yeah. you know, Mr. King, what did the government do in reaction? Well... Because uh, the they had to have done something, right? Right. Well, the economy's in a free fall and the housing market is almost gone. Uh, the Federal Reserve, which is the nation's bank, needed to take action. Uh, a lot of people are still skeptical on how fast the government reacted to this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, uh, I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, a little later, but like the whole collapsing of the, the housing market was done on purpose so that yeah. people could make money. And those people never went to jail. So, like, people yeah. were pretty pissed off by the end of this. But anyway. Go watch The Big Short. If you oh, yeah. Can. It's nuts. They do a fantastic job of explaining that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to get into I'll explain that when we talk about AIG, what that means. But I guess some of the important things that they did was they lowered the national interest rate, which is yeah. what banks used to set their own rates. So, again, lower interest rates means less payments that like amount of money that you have to make right. on a loan or something. Right. So if the national, if the, if the federal government is like, Hey guys, the interest rate's going to be like 3%, like your bank will be like, all right guys, we're going to charge you like 3.5%. Right. Like they're, they're obviously going to want to make somebody. They like, they like way around it. Exactly. And the national interest rate in September of 2007 was 5.25%. Which is Yikes. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine having a mortgage rate that high. Oh yeah, I mean right now, um, federal reserve rate is like it's actually right now around zero. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's right now. Yeah, it's yeah. But anyway, 
by the end of 2008, so that was in 2007. So by the end of 2008, the feds uh, or the Fed rather lowered the rates to zero percent. Yeah, this was done to basically help more money get out into the marketplace in the form of loans. Yeah, because they wanted it. If they figured that they could lower the interest rate and banks would then follow, companies like people would go and like be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I maybe we can't afford to get another. Which side note? This is kind of you're seeing this happen now as a result of the coronavirus uh-huh. and its impacts oh, yeah. on the economy. So like yeah. a lot of uh, like car, um, like manufacturers have, like you want to buy a new car, great, here's 0%. It's, some of them are literally like sign and drive. Like here, if you just sign and promise to pay at some point in the future, we're going to give you a car right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Hyundai is doing, I think up to, I think it was like 84 months, 0% APR. Oh my APR. God. I thought I heard yeah, like that, 18 months, 84 is insane. Or maybe, all right, I'll, I'll double check. No, that. no. I, I mean, that. I mean, I believe you, but like. I heard one company was doing like 18. They were like mega aggressive on trying that's, to keep that, Oh, no, I 100% believe that. I'm going to look. Daddy, but anyway, I guess. Car. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. But I guess in, in February 2008, um, President Bush signed the Economic Stimulus Act into law. This would actually give taxpayers 600 to 1200 Wow, that sounds very familiar. I was uh, just going to say dollars, that. Oh, weird. Right? Uh, which they were encouraged to spend. So this was a stimulus check, which is, you know... Everybody got... Which we just kind of dealt with. For the most part, almost everybody got one, right? Yeah. Um, So what do you think most people are going to do with that money? Oh, they're going to pay off some bills? Like, Oh, yeah. So uh, there was also programs that were designed to get people to buy houses again, which seems um, very unlikely at the time. Yeah. Oh, well, 72 months, Mr. King, on Hyundai. Oh, 72 months. They may have just changed it because I thought I heard 84, too. Um, so here's what happens. The government goes out and is like, hey, y'all, we're going to give you like $1,200. Go spend that money. <laughs> um, people are like, I-, I have bills to pay. Like, <laughs> I owe so much money. Right. So that yeah. money doesn't go nearly as far as everyone thinks it's going to because they're going to like, yeah, go, go, go to the movies. Go buy a new car. Like, go buy this. Go buy that. And people are like, I'm underwater on my bills. Like, right, which like when you multiply $1,200 times the entire population of the United States, yeah, that's a big number. Yeah. But then like, so like, you know, the, the federal government's writing a check for billions of dollars with a stimulus yeah. check like this, right? Yeah. But when you break it down to $1,200 of, of, of a family, like it's just, it's just not enough. No, I mean, then that's, that's what a lot of, that's what a lot of people are arguing with this. Like, you know, uh, being combined, my you know my wife and I we got twenty four I think it was twenty four hundred for the two of us right, um, and like yeah that's great but that's not enough for that's, things that's enough you know, that keep, that that just covers two to months keep, of a mortgage. I, I was uh, that's not yeah that's not even my my mortgage is a little bigger than that like yeah oh, like, well, yeah well you know I live in South Carolina so our houses yeah. are less money than yeah but like that's like that's. That's keeping the lights on for a couple months, you yeah. know, like, so, uh, you know, a lot of th- the biggest thing that you're going to, you're going to hear from that. We're going to talk about it in this next section, um, is that people felt like the average everyday person got the shaft. Like people felt like that they got the, the short end of the stick and these big companies got like a billions. Yeah. Like lots of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, which, again, yeah. It's it's the whole idea. People were upset because you know we're the ones that 
kind of keep the economy or not kind of we do keep the economy afloat because right. if we stop exactly what happened we stop buying things and the entire economy collapse so you're just gonna get yeah. twelve hundred dollars yeah they'd be like here you go sport go i feel like it's like when the government hands you that twelve hundred dollar check it's like uh what is that uh the the scene from the office where he like hands on the jar and he's just like here you go, about, son, uh, buy, buy yourself a new spaceship like or how about like national lampoon's uh christmas uh or, or was is it Christmas? Is it Christmas? Oh no, no, it's uh, Griswold's family Christmas or something like that. Where the he, the grandma walks in and he's like, "Oh, oh. give me a backdrop. I'll give you twenty five cents." And yeah, and she's like, like oh. "Yeah, if you oh, uh, listen, that is my all time favorite Christmas movie. I I got quotes for days on that. It was just like, if you rub the bunions on my feet, I'll give you a whole quarter. And if you get your sister to do it, I'll give her a quarter too. And this is like, oh, a whole quarter. <laughs> wow." Oh, <thanks. laughs> it's like, mm. It's like, what am I going to get more of, money or psychological damage? Oh, the psychological damage, which oh, is wow. exactly what happens to people during this 2008 recession. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are, ba- so th- there are banks and then there are banks. Yeah. You can tell the difference in just the way I said it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are some banks for regular people. And then there are some banks, they're just about making investments, making more money than any of us will ever see in our entire lives. Yeah, and some you know, of those like, bigger banks are like Goldman Sachs, Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers. Keep those la- those those last two in mind. Yeah, we need to talk about them. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. banks like these sunk billions of dollars into mortgages over the years, and they found themselves totally exposed. People weren't paying their mortgages, and Bear Stearns and the Lehman Brothers weren't making any money. And, no, and these were like these famous. Here's the crazy part. They were like fame. Like if you knew stuff about Wall Street, these were like these larger than life like firms. Like people like would have given their like left arm to work at any of these companies. Oh yeah. And like we're talking like billions of dollars that they're playing around with. Like yeah, that's crazy. Literally, literally, like this is their jump change. Oh yeah. Um, so what happens is these they they found themselves exposed because they sunk billions of dollars in. People stopped paying their uh, their their mortgages and they weren't making money. But so here's what happened: they filed for bankruptcy. They were like, <clears throat> "My bad." Like like they were yeah. just kind of like, "Whoopsie Daisy!" Like bankruptcy, just so they can kind of like land on their feet somewhere else. Yeah. Which uh, yeah, but I mean. We can go into this in another type of uh, podcast, but yeah. bankruptcy sounds a lot worse than it actually is, especially when you're a multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah. Uh, in the in this case, uh, 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 going for bankruptcy is actually a tactical move. Yeah. And, and like, for example, everyone's always like, "Well, Donald Trump has filed for bankruptcy like four or five times." It's like, yeah, it's probably so he didn't have to pay back loans or something. Like, That's all 100% what it is. Like they overexpose yeah. themselves on these like loans and these like these like schemes. It's a business like, move. Yeah, when they and when it, the time comes in to call it up and they're like, oh, we can't do that right now. Yeah. They just and it's like, oh, well, right. It's like, oh, well, your credit score is going to go to zero and Donald Trump's like, I'm a billionaire, so I, <laughs> I'll cash, just pay, I have cash in my I, wall. Exactly. He's like, I'll pay cash. Right. Is yeah, at the end of the day, matter. everybody, cash yeah. will always win. Yeah. I mean, not so much. I mean, for your everyday chump, like, no, because, like, you know. You we don't have billions of dollars in our wall. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, cash will always win. Um, and so J.P. Morgan at Chase, like Chase Bank, they're J.P. Morgan Chase. They bought Bear Stearns 
on Super the low price. Like, like basically, like J.P. Morgan Chase went to the thrift store and came home with Bear Stearns. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, like that's essentially what happened. Yeah. Like ex- exactly. Like you, you come back from the thrift store and you're like, Hey, Grandma, you like my jacket? They're like, Wow, that was real hot back in the day. Where'd you get that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Listen. My grandma's also John Travolta from Greece, but whatever. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, right. uh, so Lehman Brothers followed. They're like, oh, my God, great move. Let us do the same thing. Except for they were just stripped down and sold for parts. Yeah. <laughs> like, they essentially took them and, like, like they like they were cheap cards. Just like, I can get, like, 20 bucks for an alternator. Hey, call Wayne and 100 scrap metal. Yeah, like, it was just, yeah, yeah, it was no. just not good. Yeah, and they don't exist anymore. Bear Stearns is just part of J.P. Morgan Chase now. Lehman Brothers just flat out doesn't exist. Gone in the winds. Yep. Yeah, here today, gone tomorrow. Right. Well, while all these banks failed, so did the insurance groups that were supposed to protect them. And this is Here's where, where things... things go sideways. It gets straight out uh, evil. Oh, it's, it is like out of one of the Star Wars trilogies. It's, like, yeah, like if you're... This is, this is what I was saying before about like this was done on purpose... And it was like it collapsed the entire global economy. Yeah. And no one went to jail for it. And it here's was, like the crazy part is that like if you don't leave this story or go and watch like the big short, if you don't leave that movie like furious, yeah. there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like, right. Like, just think about it. If you went to Target and you were like, I'm going to take these socks and I'm not paying for them. Yeah, and like the people at the front door would be like, "No, you have to pay for them, or you're going to jail." Yeah, and then like then you go to jail for like trying to leave the store with the socks. Yeah, yeah, these people tried to like steal the entire Target, did, and then didn't go to jail for it. Right, they literally like took the life savings of every blue-haired biddy in Florida, <laughs> and like didn't go to jail. Right. So I, I guess, you want to explain a little bit, Mr. Lee? Okay, so these subprime mortgages, essentially what happens is Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers, they're not dumb people. Like, that's, oh, no, that, no. like it may sound stupid that they're like, how dumb are they? They had to file for bankruptcy. Listen, because essentially what happens is they took insurance policies on these subprime mortgages because they're like, these idiots aren't going to pay. Yeah, so like, right. They, they, made, they gave out these mortgages to people at crazy, like crazy priced mortgages to people working at McDonald's. And they were like, they're they're not going to pay their mortgages. But I so, still need my money. Right. So what they do is they take out an insurance policy as a just in cases, quote unquote, just in cases. Yeah. People don't pay their mortgage. Y'all, and in the back so of their mind, more. they're going, we know they're not going to pay. So exactly. not only are we going to get away with not having to deal with these mortgages, but we're going to get insurance money for doing it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. So like just like I guess borderline insurance fraud, right? Like I don't Yeah. It should be. You'd think, yeah. but you know, yeah. they play by a different set of rules. Oh yeah. So well, essentially yeah, there are no rules. Well, uh, yeah. So they turn to companies like AIG who are who's a giant part of their thing is that they're at a giant insurance firm, mm-hmm. uh, a financial services group. So they they got these things. It's an insurance policy, but there's like a more technical name for it. That's like a credit default swap or something like that. And essentially what they do is they got these insurance policies knowing that these mortgages are going to fail. So when they do, they cash in on these insurance policies that they've been paying for. 
And then AIG all of a sudden is just like, ha what can go wrong? And then next thing you know, AIG is like at the government store going, baby, please, I need my money. Like, yeah, right. help me, please. I lost my shirt. Like, right. Because, right. yeah, because like you said, like any insurance policy, even when it's like health insurance, you, you have to pay a deductible. You have to pay certain fees to keep your yeah. insurance policy. It's yeah. not going to be a ton of money, but they're making money. Basically, the insurance company's going, they're not going to get sick. They're just going to keep paying. Yeah. They're going to keep paying their deductible, and we're just going to sweep up money on them, dummies. Healthy, and at the same time, is a tax for being healthy. Like, right? right. It's, yeah, it's it's right. insane. So that's basically what AIG did. Is they they're like, these people are going to pay their mortgages. You're just going to keep paying me millions of dollars a month to yeah. just give you insurance like protection. Fine, totally cool. And at the same time, <laughs> Lehman Brothers. Uh, they're just like no they're they're going to default we we set Wait, it up yeah. so they default and and then, and then aig sudden, collapses well the, and then bear stearns and lehman brothers goes up to aig and was like hey remember that insurance policy yeah hey everyone defaulted on their mortgages we're gonna need to pay out <laughs> exactly so when and people start payout was a lot more than what aig had so they exactly they, they ran out of cash they fell they got they ran out of cash so fast so what happens is they quickly run out of money. People hear this, that it's just like, word starts spreading that AIG is like run and dry. And so they're like, people start selling their stock in AIG. and like, Which perpetuates really, the issue. Exactly. Which is just now AIG is worth so much less because their stock price is in the toilet. And they, they're like at the government door just being like, baby, please, I need money. Yeah. You're going to break my legs. <laughs> it's like, help. And they're basically asking for this money and which I'm sorry, it's kind of funny though, because like the government, it always gets like crapped on for trying to expand their role into the economy. People are like, Oh yeah. No. no." Yeah. Anytime, anytime, anytime the government attempts to give out more uh, economic aid to their people scream like communists, socialists, this is ridiculous. And then you have these like fortune 500 companies, these multi-billion dollar platforms. They're like, Hey, I need money. Please help. And they're like, absolutely. You got it. And no one complains. And you want to hear probably the, the, the part that really like, is like a kick in the nut. Like this is what kicks me in the nuts. Everyone complains that like in America, You've got, like, you describe political parties in two ways. Right. The Republicans are Nazis. The Democrats are communists. Right. So the, every time that they try to expand, and you, like you said, you try to expand the economy, they're like, you're a bunch of commies. Right. All of this happens during George W. Bush's term, second term, which he's a Republican. He's basically opening up the government coffers into the economy. I was just like, I'll take this company. I'll take that company. I'll take that company. It's like the least Republican thing to do. Yeah, because, yeah, the whole idea or, you know, one of the main platforms of Republican is to reduce government spending. What? <laughs> we are talking in the billions of like <laughs> of like money going to yeah like the billions yeah talking like literally like the one program called like the troubled asset relief program like tarp or tarp gave out but bu- billions to like companies like uh like chrysler gm like it's insane. Like it says, it, within a few weeks, the government spent 125 
billion in tarp funds acquiring assets from nine u.s banks yeah that's actually insane gm and Uh, chrysler got a combined 80 billion dollars yeah that's i well they did this by trimming the fat and got rid of companies like hummer and saturn that's why those companies don't exist anymore because not a lot of people are buying them anyway exactly so they were like screw it if you want a gm you're just gonna have to buy an actual gm well that's the kicker so like i remember reading like two or three years ago that so oh another one that we left out mr king is pontiac oh yeah yeah adios amigo GM was so the companies that got bailouts were uh, just a few are GM, Chrysler, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citibank, and our Citigroup, and so many local banks and like like other banks. But like GM was like Pontiac, we're gonna make another um, which I'm called um, GTO. They were gonna make another like muscle car, and it was going which was to like be hot. Oh, it is a big one. It's a gem of a car, and they were going to make another like hot, like a hot commodity car, and it's going to be a V8 rear wheel drive, which is what a lot of like muscle car enthusiasts want. And the government was like, "Hey, you're begging for money. That's going to be a no from me, dog. Yeah, <laughs> like, you can't, you can't do that. I'm sorry. Hi, you also want? It's either the GTO or like you keep your doors. Open. You can, you can either GTO or GTFO. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, but basically. Yeah. Uh, well, now it's the government was handing out billions of dollars, but there were also a lot of stipulations that these companies had oh, to meet. Like, that's oh. why, that's why, like every year you see like the miles per gallon on cars go up. It's because mm-hmm. like they were like you need to make more fuel efficient cars, and that's why like you started seeing Hummer Ford went away. Ford, well, Hummer's gone, but then you start yeah. seeing Ford Mustangs with four cylinders in them. It's like you know, yeah. like it's. Yeah, my my brother drives. It's a, a Ford Explorer that has four cylinders. Yeah, so basically, it's zero to sixty in twenty hours. You know that car hustles because it's one of those EcoBoosts, so it's oh, got like okay. really one of those really small turbos on it, sure, just sure. like just for fuel efficiency. But that thing still motors. Oh, yeah. um, okay. But like, who also would put a four cylinder in a SUV? Like a ginormous SUV. Yeah. Like like the the like those like those cylinders have to be like the size of my foot to yeah. like have the necessary amount of power <laughs> like yeah. like it's insane yeah, four jet turbines actually <laughs> just gonna call them cylinders though yeah yeah no so essentially what happens is this all happens during george w bush and he's like a lame duck president he knows he's like <laughs> don't matter to me like he's like i'm out <laughs> i am Audi. like but he's like at the end of the day he like was being a decent person I was like all right i gotta do something yeah, I, well, I don't want to be Hoover. Like, yeah, right. Well, unemployment peaked at around like almost ten percent, but like yeah. nine nine point nine. Yeah, that was at its peak, and like when uh, Obama came into office, um, and he just inherited All the of that. biggest cluster of any since since F, literally since FDR. Yeah, like that's essentially what happened. And I mean, that's basically what we're going to talk about a lot with Obama, like President Obama, how he inherited this, how yeah. he kind of reacts to it, how, well, how the entire government continues to react to it, because it doesn't just go away. Like, it's not. I mean, he had his It's not own... like another president comes in and then it, the, the economy is just like, oh, we're fixed. You know, like, yeah. it's not how that works. But, like, here's the thing about recessions. So, technically, the recession ended in June 2009. So, Obama's in office. Technically, the recession's over, but like people still feel the effects of it because like yeah, people are still unemployed. Exactly, and like you know these 
and now it starts rippling out to the rest of the world. And like, you know, people realize that like all these companies can't play by the same rule. Like they need to play by a new set of rules because like the old ones clearly weren't doing enough. Right. And I think we mentioned this before when we were talking about Bill Clinton, but like a lot of this had to do with the deregulation of certain industries during Mm -hmm. his term. And they were able to get away and do whatever they wanted to do without anyone checking up on them. And they just kind of went willy nilly free balling and, this is what happens. Yeah, that Glass-Steagall Act had gotten repealed, which oh yeah, oh it was banks. that was taken out and gone, airballed straight. Yeah, yeah ran into yes. the trash. So Obama in 2010 signed what was called the Dodd Frank Act, uh, and it was was re- it was designed to restore at least some of the government regulatory power over the um, the financial industry, and it yeah, and instantly people called him a socialist. Oh, 100 percent. People still call him that. Um, yeah. So. It was basically to try and prevent predatory lending. Yeah. Which is essentially what these, you know, subprime mortgages were. Right. Which predatory lending would be like, we know you're not going to be able to make the payments, so mm-hmm. we're going to give it to you anyway, like on purpose. Yeah. So you do default yeah. on your mortgage. You know, and this, this so kind of like, insurance. This has led to, you know, I, 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 in my heart of hearts, I think this is kind of like why we, the, the, it's almost why the, like, Trump got elected because people have this extreme distrust in government because people still to this day feel like, I mean, even look at now with the, with the, um, with COVID, they feel like the government let them down. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things that he got elected on was he's not a career politician and And it drained the swamp. Yeah. He is not a career politician. He is absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so he's a businessman. Yeah. And so, I mean, we'll see, but like this has definitely still like, like we've been talking this whole episode that, you know, Mr. King and I, like the, the way we got kind of gotten probed for a mortgage comes from the fact that like people of these predatory lending can't play by those. And it's definitely a pain in the butt, all the things that like we have to go through to, or had to go through to get the mortgage. But I guess, you know, it is definitely better than like me going to a bank being like, hey, or a real estate agent just being like, hey, I, I want a house for $300,000. And they're like, $300,000. Those, those, like, <laughs> those are chump numbers. You, you, can, right. you look like the kind of guy that needs a 17-car garage. You know, right. like it's, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank God a, that's over. There's a comedian, Tim Dillon that um he he actually sold mortgages on long island and he's like i had everybody like he got to the point where he was actually in the mid-2000s he was like pressured to sell more mortgages so he was just kind of like hey grandma (laughs) you need a new house right yeah it's just it's insane and again like yeah like people like that they're going out and securing mortgages but like the people at the top of the of the barrel here like the people in charge of these companies like the Lehman Brothers and and stuff like that like they knew what they were doing they knew that these were going to default and they were going to sweep up insurance money and it absolutely decimated the entire global economy and again they are doing okay wait so you know we we they're still right now this is somebody that we c- will do an entire podcast on when we do the eco one. Um, is Bernie Madoff? Oh, yeah. because that's like a whole nother story in its own right. Yeah, he well, he got, got exposed found out because, because of because of this. Yeah, right. He's the only one that went to jail. 
out of this, I believe. Which he deserved to go to jail. But oh, we're not denying that. I think he's hanging out somewhere. I think, but or was hanging somewhere. But I don't know. But um, you know, like it's just he. Yeah, it's it's bad, bad stuff. Right. So it's just like, I don't know. It's this is a mess. <laughs> like yeah. Like the God help us all. I mean, we we tried to condense it the best we possibly could. Obviously, I'm I'm sure there are other people that could do or add on to it right but yeah you know i guess in terms of like a a high school history economics unload this is kind of what happened yeah Yeah. and again there there are i I think for a topic like this like if you're listening obviously thank you but yeah watching watching a documentary on it would do you pretty good justice because yeah you'd get visuals with it there's there's charts and yeah, like we keep mentioning the big short, but that's because so like we did our best to explain what a mortgage backed security is. Like they take all these like highfalutin terms that like Mr. King and I probably don't really understand, like a credit default swap. Um, and they explain it in like an everyday speak that like literally anybody can understand. Right. Um, I had a couple of them, like documentaries about Great Recession. Like I had a couple. Inside Job is another great one. Inside Job is an excellent one. I actually so that try to one show I think that. is on Netflix. Yeah, I try to show that. Yeah, it is on Netflix. If you do have Netflix or you're mooching off of someone's Netflix, definitely watch that. Yeah, it's it is excellent. It does an excellent job of explaining what happened, and it makes you really pissed off. Like yeah, like we said, if at the end of the day you don't leave any of these angry, there's something wrong. I'll tell you what, I'll give a shout out to someone at, at uh, Infotech. The person that explained this incredibly well to me was Pat Frank, which shouldn't come to a surprise because he's Mr. excellent Frank at explaining is, everything. Exactly. Like I have him, I, I tried to get him. He could tell me that in order to get to Infotech every day, he has to like wrangle up a, a series of like leatherback turtles and <laughs> ride the Long Island sounds on the back of these turtles, you know, like just turtles, by the hand Like the I believe him. Yeah, like. I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. Like, I, he, everything he told me could have been absolute BS. I, I wouldn't know any different. No, I would 100% but, but he knows, but he, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to like the economy and economics and stuff. Like, um, so, he came in and taught. I remember one of the first years I started teaching economics, he came in and taught like the entire just like stock. Yeah, like, and he's just unit, a cool dude, too. So, like, and, he, and he taught it the entire time without looking at the board behind him. Once. Like he was just like he knew like he was those PowerPoints. Like he literally had one and he's like yeah. he was just like look at everybody and be like, click next. All right, guys, this is what you're gonna deal with. And I was just like I, I sat in awe. Yeah, I mean dude just gets it. You know, he's just a smart guy. He was the man that like when I first started like fully working, besides you and like all of our, our like closer friends, he literally was like that first person that looked at me, put his arm around my shoulder, was like, Hey, welcome to Infotech. Go sign up for retirement. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, go get right, your health insurance. Right. Go get your retirement. And then, literally, oh, yeah. every day until I I did it, he checked up on me. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say the same thing. Like, he was he like, didn't... "Hey, you're an idiot." And like, he's obviously it's his last name, but he's pretty frank with you. Like, oh yeah, it, he would just be like, "Hey, man, you haven't done that yet. You're an idiot." Like, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It was the best advice like ever. That. What is wrong with you? Because the I mean, I'm not in New York City anymore, but the four years that I spent there or five years, five years I spent there, like the amount of money that I, I was able to 
save because of that. Like just because yeah. this guy was like, and like he has no connection to me other than he was just a coworker. Exactly. You know, like he could have just been like, well, whatever, man, screw you. Yeah, like, like he looked at me and he was just like, like a, a decent chunk of my wealth could be accredited to this guy just being like, hey man, you're an idiot if you don't do this. And he, I was like, I he, am an idiot, but I will do it anyway. He literally looked at me and was like, hey, go sign up for retirement. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll get to it. He goes, and he like stopped me. He's like, stop. If you do right now and set it up at this point, you'll be a millionaire. Like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah like he'll, he'll just be like, I have these charts ready for you. And you're like, what? yeah. He's like, and he just he came numbers money. ready. He's like, listen, I know what the salary is. And if you put in 15 to 20%, uh, by the time you hit 40, like by the, by the time you hit 50, you were, we'll have you were millions super, of dollars. I mean, you, you went in on your retirement. Like before when I first started working, oh my God. Dude, you were at max. I literally ran the max. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, I was like, wait, I can be a millionaire. <laughs> Sign me up. Like. I like millionaires. You're right. Like I literally went in hard and I just remember like there were times where I would just be like, I have no money. <laughs> like, right. like, but, I was like, where is it? It's like all oh, in my retirement. But I hadn't checked up on it in a while. And I remember just like logging into the retirement, looking at the, like the TDA and just like laughing. Cause I'm just like, I mean, I can't put any money into it anymore because I'm in South Carolina, but it's yeah. still building up money because of the, it's disgusting. Right? Oh yeah. It's not, but, Right, but anyway, that was a little yeah, off, we, we off topic. We got but... way off topic. But yeah, I mean, guys, go go watch some documentaries. Go learn about maybe, this. Maybe meet, maybe meet Pat Frank. He's a cool dude. Yeah. He, is, he is the coolest. He, to this day, like, he'll be like, hey, it's the Get Fresh Squad. Like, <laughs> like, like in the building. Like, he is just like the coolest guy ever. He is like the Ricky maybe, Bobby where maybe... he wakes up every morning and pisses excellence. Right. Well, which maybe he might after he says that we're like, hey, what's up, Mr. Frank? He might walk away and be like, God, I hate those people. <laughs> you know, but I don't. You know what? That's me. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would be totally as long as he's okay. fake friendly with me. It's I'll feel cool. That's fine. Right. Right. You just he feel has- cool talking to him. Anyway, if Mr. Frank, if you're listening, to this, I love you, man. <laughs> Same, please. Also, well, also, how did you find us? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Just, just keep being you, man. And also to those listening at home, keep being you. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, bye. Thank you.